Listener Production. I acknowledge the lands and waters of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and pay my respects to their ancestors past and elders present. I acknowledge that the First Nations across the continent have never ceded sovereignty and that the First Nations are the first lawmakers. Welcome back to another episode of Black Matters. This is a podcast that's about First Nations matters and most importantly, why they matter. My name is MC from the Hit Radio Network and finally joining me after her overseas sabbatical, she's back in the country. We've roped her back into the studio. Wonderful friend, senior lawyer and proud Wiradjuri and Wawan woman, Tila Reid. I missed you. I missed you dearly. I missed you. It's so good to be back. And I mean, we could have, you know, being mates of however long we've been mates for, we could have, you know, caught up privately and and, and chatted about the holiday. But I thought, no, 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 let's, let's, use the podcast to catch up, find out what it was like, what you're up to, and how things were on the other side of the world. Well, so, you, you did send me a happy birthday text. I did, and weirdly, <laughs> you, you sort of didn't acknowledge it, so I've gone, have I got your birthday wrong? But I didn't. No, you were good. And it was November 19th, for those that haven't yet wished Teela a happy birthday. Several weeks late, but whatever, better Highlight. late than never. So how was it? Yeah, look, it was a bit of work, a bit of play, uh, but as always, you know, I don't know. How do you feel when you get out of the country? Well, typically, I mean, I'm, you left. This was kind of like work slash holiday all rolled into one. Yeah. Right? So when I'm when I'm leaving the country, I'm leaving to literally do nothing. So that sweet sweet relief when you hit the plane and they go right, oh, turn your phones off onto flight mode. I feel so amazing when that happens because there's nothing I can now do, depending on where you're flying, for multiple hours other than watching movies and eating horrific airplane food, and and that to me is heaven. Here, here's a question for you, right? Because whenever, whenever you travel overseas, well, I, I mean, I, this is an experience that I, people always ask where you're from, what are you doing? And it's either they always think that we're Brits. And I don't know whether it's mm. because Americans don't quite understand. They're not used to Australian accents. I don't know. But I always get asked, are you from, I get New Zealand and I get, are you from the UK? Not, are you an Aussie? As a First Nations woman... Mm. Is that a conversation that happens? Do you get the, oh, where are you from? And they try and figure out where you might where you might be from? So, yeah, I get the whole, oh, you have an accent thing. Is that you doing American, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, you know, the UK. And it's like, no. And then you like have to explain Australia. And I just despise the conversation because it happened every single almost interaction now. What do you mean you despise from having the travel? Just despising the conversation of having to explain that you are from Australia. And then people like, oh, like I've literally had people say to me, I didn't know that they had, they had black people down there. <laughs> Legit. I've been on a plane and sat next to this woman and she was white and you know, really actually nice, but the conversation panned out like this. So the woman next to me heard my accent and then she's like, oh, where are you from? And I was like, oh, Australia. And she's like, oh, really? I didn't know that, you know, they had black people down there. She literally said that? Yes. That's yes. like two seconds in the conversation. Literally. I had to explain I'm Indigenous to Australia and blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, oh, how does, like, 
an Indigenous woman get out of basically like that country as if though it was like a big thing? Because I guess when people do learn about Indigenous Australia, they have a stereotypical view as well of what an Indigenous person from Australia is. There are tribes sitting around a campfire. How could they possibly yeah. afford the money or get onto a plane to go to another country? Unheard of. And then like, it's just exhausting, dude. Like even on the last trip there, I had a spa day and... I was like, treat yourself, girl. You're like, you know, you just kind of... Go did off, a, sis. Did, go off, sis. Yeah. Just did another lap around the sun. And then she's like, oh, my God. Like, you know, where are you from? You're like glowing, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I'm from Australia. She's like, oh, I totally would have thought, you know, somewhere so exotic. Like, I don't know, like Sri Lanka or India. Like, you know, your look. And then I tried to explain again, I'm Indigenous to Australia. And then she kind of like didn't even want to engage with that at all. And this was black woman, actually. There's two parts to that 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 is mind-blowing. That a stranger out of the blue just will highlight your skin colour and go, that doesn't make sense. But also the fact that they don't realise that there are people with dark skin that live in this country and have always lived in this country and lived in this country before any of the whiteies turned up on the boats. Exactly. And, like, you literally have to go and try and unpack and explain that. But because there's such a whitewash view of what the typical Australian is, when you don't fit the typical stereotype of that image, also, I find myself as well not fitting this typical stereotype now of what the Aboriginal story is that's pitched around the world. Like, I imagine what they're also teaching people in other parts of the world about what it means to be from the oldest surviving peoples on the planet, which is Aboriginal people of the continent, now known as Australia. They're teaching it probably in like a time warp, some kind of story stuck in time. Of About what- these savages that, again, lived in tribes. I want to I want to loop back to something you said uh, at the start of this when you said that you don't like admitting that you're from Australia. No. Is that in part because you have to have these follow-up conversations about, no, 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 I am Australian because of the colour of your skin, or is that a much larger, a much larger situation as to why you don't like going on from Australia? Well, I think the timing of this as well, I had left the country not long after the defeated referendum. Now, I don't know, like you've got your Aussie passport and... Mm -hmm. You do the whole customs thing and then you have to explain to them. I just felt really detached, disconnected from it. Like this was a transaction. Basically, the passport is one thing. Like it's not very meaningful to me. Then you find that people have this idealised view of Australia and don't actually have the real lived experience of what it's like to actually be here and live the life of someone from this continent and the disconnect of it all, I just became so exhausted of the explanation in almost every conversation. In the last couple of days, I don't know how I've ended up going down this rabbit hole, but I have. You know, like when you start watching something on YouTube and you end up waste, you're in a time warp and you lose hours. I ended up watching, you know, on YouTube, there are reactions of people watching videos and watching, you know, music videos and they respond Mm -hmm. to it. I ended up watching a bunch of Americans reacting to I am, you are, we are Australian for the first time. So they'd never seen, they're watching the film clip and the Seekers and they're they're reacting to that. And then it was uh, the Qantas theme song, I still call Australia home. And it was these iconic quote unquote Australian songs. 
when you watch those videos and you look at the stirring landscapes and, and, and the beautiful parts of this country, you, you can't help but feel an element of pride to come from where we come from. Do you feel proud to be called an Australian? Do you feel proud to be Australian? I know that's do, a that's a do you feels want like a, a real answer, yeah. a political correct answer. No, 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 not at all. I know that's a really, you know, personally, in part, yes. Other parts, I can, I feel ashamed and embarrassed yeah. to be from Australia. Well, like, I am first and foremost for Rajri and Walwan. That is me. I just felt like I'd kind of just gotten to my wit's end of constantly my identity being questioned. Not only kind of was it dismissed this year on a nation base mm-hmm. vote that led to the failed referendum to recognise us, but then I guess I remember kind of being at JFK Airport and in the line waiting to get through customs as everyone is and you kind of open your passport and you can... Like I just found myself wanting to hide my passport and then it being just a real transaction. Mm -hmm. Like it it just didn't mean anything to me. Whereas I could tell on other people it was such a... A badge of honour. Yeah. This is where I'm from. And then, you know, being that ambassador for the country. Like I just didn't find myself wanting to be an ambassador for Australia. It... It's something that I don't want to pitch to the world that it's a great place to live because for someone like me, it's, it, look, it's, it's really not. It's a place where we're constantly, our identity also continues to be questioned. And I mean, I obviously am very proud to come from this continent, always was, always will be. But I don't know, years after explaining it, how do you feel, I guess, from the other end of things? To come from this place? Yeah, when you're overseas. You well, know, you imagine, travel heaps as well. Well, well clearly the, the interactions that we have with people overseas are probably very different. Let's be honest. Like, they will say, where are you from? You've got an accent. And you go, I'm from Australia. And they'll go, oh, we love the Aussies. But, but then there are never any follow-up questions about uh, what, you're from Australia. You've got brown skin. That can't possibly be the case. I didn't know that you had people like that. And how could you be on a plane on the other side of the world? That, so I don't have those interactions with you, the, yeah. with these people. Yeah, like but you do did. you, I guess, in then saying it, do you feel like a proud ambassador for the country? <sighs> I would imagine, depending on who you're talking to and, like you say, the timing of that conversation. Mm. Say if it was right now. And, and someone said, oh, you guys are from Australia. That must be so good. You might go, yeah, in parts, but there are lots of things we can work on. Mm. That's a tough one. And like part of, so one of the kind of work aspects I was there for, I met some professors from NYU Law and they'd had their, you know, their academic year is different to ours. So they're really deep in the middle mm-hmm. of their academic years. And there was the annual Derek Bell lecture, which is on, American society and race. And so this lecture was about uh, race and legal hypocrisy, which was an amazing concept and theme to explore. And, you know, even their thinking on these concepts of, and I guess, you know, obviously particular portions of society where you've got people of colour or Indigenous peoples in these spaces being very critical thinkers about the intersection of law and racism still 
almost having a very limited understanding of the reality of the lived experiences of First Nations peoples. And some of the conversations I had, people like, oh, you know, like, I guess it's because you are such a small percent of that population back in Australia. And we know through the conversations we've had, you know, I think it was such a small number of Australians still only even themselves interacted. In the lead up to the referendum, I want to say it was definitely under 20% of non-Indigenous Australians had any contact with a First Nations Australian at all in the 12 months. Yeah, and that is reflected in conversations overseas, I think even to a high degree, where, for example, people are talking about race and the intersection of kind of laws and how that disproportionately affects people of colour. But I think there is another layer to this, especially being a First Nations person or Indigenous from a place that seems to have, I think, still quite a limited understanding of what we experience daily. So like people can talk through the lens of racism, but aren't really still able to kind of unpack. I guess why this whole process is exhaustive for someone like you. You know, you're in your own country constantly trying to justify your own existence and your place in this country. And now you're overseas getting a mani-pedi with someone and you're still having to justify your existence and your place in your country that you were born in. Exactly. And it's just like, I just, I'm just exhausted from it. Also, then some of the conversations will lead to, you know, comparative experiences. And I don't think they can be very helpful conversations sometimes because North America engaged in treaty-making processes. So people have kind of like a touchstone to kind mm-hmm. of go, this is our experience. And also, you know, it was Thanksgiving when I was over there and like having these really interesting conversations with what did it mean to different people um, in different parts of America. And I've heard really polarizing experiences of it where there's this white Western, even in some pockets, like even, I guess, people of colour really embracing the idea of Thanksgiving. And it's kind of the first meal that was between, I guess, settlers and a particular Indigenous tribe. But the the narrative is very dominant that that was kind of, you know, a good thing and the meal to share, like that was the start of giving thanks and all of that. But then having some conversations with Indian or um, Indigenous people is like, well, no one tells the story of actually what happened after that. And probably what led up to that, to be honest. All the killing and the death and everything that led to this kumbaya meal where we all sit around a table and have turkey. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, I don't know, I just felt very, I guess, I don't even know. Sometimes I don't even have words to explain how I was feeling witnessing, you know, I have friends in North America um, who really embrace the tradition um, and reinforce the dominant view of it. And I'm always the person, I guess, probably sometimes to my own detriment of trying to have a nuanced understanding of the reality. This draining experience of being a First Nations Australian, travelling, having these conversations where you literally have to justify, no, 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 I am from that country, even yeah. though I look the way that I look. Do you think that's yeah. a common feeling? Is this is this something that people in your circles are also experiencing when they, when they visit other countries? Yeah, so I put this like up on my closed friend's story and I have a heap of blackfellas on that. And they were like, sis, I totally know how you feel, but this shit is just next level. 
draining. Totally know what you mean. And so people are the one actively trying to avoid it, but it's almost an inescapable confrontation that you're inevitably going to have, especially when your accent can be so thick or distinct and then you're getting asked questions. Yeah, I mean, it, it's only, a common thing. Your only way around it is just to be an asshole wherever you go and don't engage with a single person, which kind of ruins your whole travelling experience anyway. So you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. yeah. Is there something that you want the person listening to this conversation right now to know, to think about, to take away from this experience that you're having? Um, I just guess that, you know part of of traveling and being an ambassador for so-called Australia is still really about not selling this idealized view of what some people think it is. Be real about it, especially having had so many interactions where one of the very clear things that become apparent to me was even from an overseas perspective, while there is some understanding of Aboriginal people being here, it's like, it's still quite limited. So I think Australians have an obligation to not just go out and reinforce this idolised view of us, but be real about the diversity of people that live here and are from here. You were rubbing shoulders and mixing with academics. Did they know anything about the referendum that we've just had? And what was their view of the outcome? That's so interesting that you asked that because... Basically, no one really had it either front and centre of their thinking of it being a big thing. Once you start to unpack it and explain it, they're like, oh, yeah, I get it. There are really kind of forward-thinking trailblazers that I had conversations with that are like, this is absolutely basically a devastating moment for the country, but thinking globally, what could be the next steps and strategies? But there is a difference, I think, between talking to people who are in this kind of legal and political space, because I think they did have at least some critical thinking and awareness about it, as opposed to everyday travellers. Look, (laughs) I, for one, am glad that you're back because I missed you. I missed you too. This is the highlight of my week. So it's been good to kind of get it off my chest. Now here at Black Matters, we also believe that First Nations language matters as well. And if if you are a return listener to the podcast, thank you for coming back. We like to finish with a First Nations word. What are we going to do this week? So the word of the week is Marigal. And Marigal is Wiradjuri for traveller. Traveller or stranger? Marigal. Marigal. Now, I don't want to finish the episode on a sad note, but next week is our final episode of 2023 of Black Matters. It's our last time that we get to be in the studio this year. That's next week. I, I don't, I don't want to think about it yet. So between now and then, here's your homework. Go back and listen to every single episode we've done thus far on Black Matters just so it's all fresh in your brains. And Teela, we will catch up again next week for the final time this year on Black Matters. Black Matters.